anything worth doing is worth doing poorly until you're good at it, right? And that's gonna be the case with everything we're doing. We're going to suck at most things at first. Now, it's not like the matrix. You can't just plug all this information into your head and boom, you've got it. Choose not to live in a world of filters. Realize your mistakes. Set the foundation for your success. Get some wins. Knucklehead Podcast. Well, welcome to another edition of Knucklehead Podcast. You got with you today, the Knucklehead Steven. I've got an esteemed digital media professional, Jeremy Knopf. Jeremy, thank you very much for taking the time. Welcome to Knucklehead Podcast. Thanks you've for having got, me. You've got a podcast uh, yourself that you don't talk about all the time. You've told me about, so maybe I'm letting the world know that the Digital Marketer Podcast is something they haven't listened to. They need to go listen to it. If they're searching for it and they haven't found it yet, it's, it's because we haven't wrangled those episodes away from Jeremy yet to actually let the World Wide Web know that they're out there. So actually, you have released them before, haven't you? I have. I've got, uh, I'm not sure how many episodes are up. I've been on a bit of a hiatus with that getting ready to relaunch that right now on version two, we're actually going to roll video as well as just straight audio. I love it. Well, fantastic. So the reason why I wanted to have you on the show, besides the fact that you come from military background, actually, you know what, why don't you catch folks up a little bit, let them know a little bit about you. I mean, I, I could sit here and tell people about Spartan Media. I can sit here and talk <laughs> to people about how fantastic your work is and how in this particular space, uh, there's a lot of folks who tout their ability and have a failure to, to execute and deliver upon what it is that they sell. Uh, and yeah. that is certainly not the case that they get whenever they encounter you. So why don't you tell people a little bit about yourself and what in the hell you're up to? Sure. So a uh, little bit of ultra condensed backstory here. I served in the Marine Corps, worked on starting my first business while I was still in, launched that, uh, God, I want to say that was right around 1999. Uh, that failed miserably and uh, kind of went through a rebuilding process, built my next business after that, um, ran that successfully for many years, rebranded a couple of years ago, and uh, here we are today. So I've been doing this for about 20 years now and you know, started off just kind of dabbling when everyone thought that the internet was just going to be a fad. That was the thing that everyone said back you know, in the late 90s. Can I ask you a question real quick? Yeah, go for it. Okay, so what was your MOS? What'd you do in the Marine Corps? I was 0311. Okay. So you know, our right. producers in 03, for those of you who are listening, what that means is they have a reputation to simply just break stuff. So when you think about a Marine, <laughs> that is essentially what, what Jeremy was. And so when you talk about the internet, I think it's, I think it's important to draw some distinctions. So compare and contrast mm -hmm. really, really helps for knuckle draggers uh, like myself. So back whenever you first started business, was it all online or were you doing physical commerce, interacting with individual folks, transacting online? What was it that you were doing? So when I first got into this world, I was working on, you know, building websites and driving traffic to them. Uh, at the time, most businesses didn't have a website. Hell, most businesses didn't have an email address for that matter. And that was part of the problem with, with why my first business crashed and burned, right? I I was in a small town, Spring Hill, Florida, for anyone that's familiar with this area. It's a, it's a relatively small town. And you know, I was trying to sell websites at a time when most businesses didn't have them in a town that was relatively small. Uh, so that didn't really take off. And the reality is the problem was not so much the timing or the location, more the matter that, I mean, like there's there literally was nothing stopping me from trying to cold call on businesses in 
you know, New York or Chicago or wherever, any major city. So, I mean, that was fundamentally a, a mistake on my own part. Being early in the process and being in a small town was just additional things that that tripped it up. That's all. Well, I, um, I think it's important to draw that distinction here, Jeremy. One, because this is Knucklehead Podcast. This is not, yeah. you did it perfectly for the first time. <laughs> Every time podcast, and if and if you look in today's, so if you look at the you know compare and contrast uh, elements, so to speak, of today's uh, digital landscape, what you have is you have folks that are out there communicating about what their expertise brings to the table, how much time it saves people if they work with you know with your particular agency, and what you found over the course of the last twenty years or so is the world's changing around um, business owners. Right. And so, you know, maybe a tactic that would have worked back in 1999 obviously isn't going to work today. However, you just identified a strategy in terms of picking up the phone and calling folks that are in a different market than you currently physically are located. That's a very viable strategy that a lot of folks just don't do now because they feel as if they have to have everything buttoned up on the back end as opposed to right. just picking up the damn phone and, and getting kicked in the teeth by being told no. Well, you know, and you bring up a really interesting point on that, Stephen, is we've got this mindset the, the internet has been an incredibly valuable tool in that it allows us to do things that we could not do before it allows us to reach more people than we ever could to automate things to do all kinds of really cool things that in the past were either impossible or prohibitively expensive the problem that that's caused however is it's strengthened this fear that a lot of people have of sales and networking and getting to know people you know, this whole fear of picking up the phone and being told no, frankly, is horseshit. But people have this mindset that, well, I'll just go put this stuff up on the internet and then people are just going to come to me and buy or not. Well, if you do that, you're missing out on tremendous opportunities because if you can actually get on the phone with people, uh, whether it's, you know, they're inbound calling you or you're reaching out to them in some way, um, when whether that's the phone or through a direct message on LinkedIn or Facebook or whatever, or email or whatever method, but you know, directly reaching out and taking a proactive sales approach. If you're not leveraging things like that, you're really missing out. And you're, I mean, it, to me, it seems crazy, right? Like we've got this tool, the internet, and it's just such a powerful tool, but we're using it to basically, uh, you know, cripple us in other areas of our business that are essential. Yeah. You, well, it, there will come a point in time, right? So irregardless of, of how folks decide to transact with your business. And I, I want to get into the business where you got some traction and now you're, you know, you're making some changes and some strides in terms of, uh, in terms of what you're doing now and how you help folks. But there will come a point in time where either your product, your service, you have to interact with that customer. You have to, you actually have to have a, a, a conversation and, and have some dialogue identify some type of, of process to where you can implement whatever your product or service is to affect their workflows, their business processes. And the outcome for you being involved in that process is a better outcome than what their current state is. So in my opinion, I think it's, it's very bizarre that these info products and strategies can be sold and touted in a way that are game-changing uh, results for, for customers, so to speak. And, and yet, Picking up the telephone and talking through each one of these idiosyncrasies and, and having these language barriers gapped between geo arbitraging and having your entire team in Uzbekistan whenever you're in you know Dallas, Texas, it's, it becomes very disingenuous very quickly, at least in my opinion. Maybe I'm screwing that up, but you tell me. I mean, it, is, am I wrong in, in that assumption? No, not at all. I think you've hit the nail on the head completely. 
Yeah. Well, I, so that's part of the reason why we have knucklehead podcast and we talk about the things that just screw up along the way. So in terms of, in terms of vetting, I, I would love for you to share with our listeners here, you know, coming from 20 years in the digital marketing space, working with corporations that are out there and you don't have to necessarily name any names, but your first time dealing with a major corporation and, and signing a deal with what it is that you do, how did that process go? And, and, maybe could think about a time where, where you thought things were going great. And then all of a sudden it just, you end up getting kicked in the teeth, realizing that they weren't buying what you had. Yeah. So I think one of the, the earliest ones was a project we were working on with the Hilton. And that kind of came about as a direct result of kind of us keeping tabs on. So I'll give you a little bit of backstory here. So we were working with a company. We came into this particular relationship when they were on the verge of bankruptcy. Uh, they had actually shut down the offices, pulled all their furniture into a storage unit, pulled all their materials and, and uh, inventory into their garage, and they're running out of the house. They've got their um, shipping partners pretty much cutting them off, like you're having to, they're having to prepay everything up front, piece by piece, um, rather than running on terms. Like they were just getting, they were getting destroyed on all fronts. And when we came into the picture, we basically took over their website. We completely rebuilt it, optimized the hell out of it. Um, they were competing against several major national brands, and we actually ended up getting their website to rank for all of those other brand names. So these companies are out here spending millions upon millions of dollars on television and radio, uh, print media, everything, and they weren't leveraging the internet properly. So we basically capitalized on that and enabled it to where my client was benefiting from all their marketing because what would happen is people would come out here and they would see, they'd go into the mall and see this store and they'd test out the products, but then they'd go back home and do some research online. Well, instead of that company coming up, my client would come up. So in doing this, we were also keeping an eye on a bunch of competitors. And then we found out that one of my client's competitors was doing something with a competing hotel to the Hilton. And that pretty much sealed the deal with what they had been working on trying to pull a particular deal together. And then so we ended up working together on this project to uh, basically push these out nationwide, the, the product for this company, nationwide throughout the Hilton hotels, which ended up becoming worldwide a, I think it was somewhere in like $256 million range. So that was an example of of really landing it. I don't think I have any that were, where like it was just. So even, yeah, even through that scenario, I just think that, mm -hmm. I think it's important to rewind the clock back whenever you're you're sitting in the field. Okay. Right? So for those of you who are listening, the reason why we wanted to do a focus in on stories like this is there's this there's this disconnect thinking that the scenario you just laid out, there's some type of special skill set prior to you actually transacting with the Hilton at this point in time that uh, honestly you need to go through. It's almost this trial by fire that you need to go through in order to start servicing a customer like that. What you just yeah. talked about, the way you're sitting in the field as a Marine, cleaning your rifle, you know, <laughs> uh, hope, hopefully going down range and being safe, obviously, with your with your Marines to your left and your right. But there wasn't anything that you experienced there that helped you in the Hilton experience other than it actually gave you the uh, the willingness to go out there and, and get kicked in the teeth. You, you were willing to put yourself out there to say, hey, listen, this is a gigantic problem that nobody else, it sounds like, is is skilled enough or willing enough to go out there and put themselves out there. And, yeah. and you were. 
And, yeah. and what we and what we find in today's world is maybe there's a willingness to do that, but there's a lack of maybe follow up and follow through to find out what those those actual pain points and those those kind of where the rubber meets the road, the implementation. I mean, there's everybody who's got a good idea, Fury, but quite frankly, they end up confused because there's no implementation plan or there's no calibration between the implementation plan and what that means to the actual uh, idea that was the the foundation to begin with. Yeah. So you touched on a couple of interesting points. I want to dig a little deeper on here, Stephen. Is um, you know the, yep. the willingness to get kicked in the teeth, so to speak. Um, and I think that's a yep. really critical part because anything worth doing is worth doing poorly until you're good at it, right? And, and that's going to be the case with everything we're doing. We're going to suck at most things at first. We're not going to go and just pick something. It's not like the Matrix. You can't just you know plug all this information into your head and boom, you've got it. So we're going to suck at most things. And even if we're doing pretty good at things, the journey to our goal is going to be—it's going to be challenging, right? Like think about, you know, back to our Marine Corps days. You're out on that hump. You're going from point A to point B. It's going to be painful along the way, even if you're doing everything right. So we just have to be kind of comfortable with being uncomfortable. Yeah. I think that's an area that a lot of people overlook. It's something that we kind of took for granted in the military, but when we're out here in the civilian world, where nobody's trying to kill us. And we're not putting on hundreds of pounds of gear and walking up and down mountains in, you know, 120 degree heat. We have this different perspective that everything should just be easy and everything should just go our way. And the reality is that's never going to be the case. And, you know, further on that, we're always going to have a very different perception of the progress that we're making and, and how things look on the outside compared to how they look to us, right? Like there's a lot of times where I'll be doing all kinds of things behind the scenes, but publicly it feels like I'm invisible. But then I'll talk to somebody and they're like, man, I don't know how you do it. Like, when do you sleep? Like, you're always doing things. You're on stage over here. You're writing these articles. You're doing these videos. Like, you're everywhere. And I'm like, seriously? Because I feel like I'm hiding over here and nobody sees. So yeah. we're always going to have this distorted perception. It's kind of the old story about not being able to read the label while you're inside the bottle. Yeah, I think that that's a good analogy. I'm not familiar with the story, but I can follow the logic. I, I want you to finish your point, but I wanted to talk real quick about whenever you're calling on a company or whenever yeah. you're working with, let's just say, a, a larger enterprise account that has their own internal marketing team, mm -hmm. the importance and the similarities between working with different platoons whenever you're going down a, a range. So the, the scenario is if you're going in there at, at a, some type of field op and you have your fire team one taking this particular sector of fire and prior to you going down the range you have in a completely different fire team maybe 500 yards away going down the same range trying to engage on the same target close with and destroy the enemy mm -hmm. how similar is that to having to coordinate support actually calm the fears of that internal marketing team letting them know hey listen you're not there to replace what they're doing you're actually there to help them accentuate what they're already doing to get more leverage from the work that they're already doing. Is there similarities between there? Or did I just make that up? No, no. I, yeah. I mean, it's dead on really. The only difference in my opinion is that generally we're not talking about life and death situations. Nobody's trying to kill us. Some people may not like us, but nobody's trying to kill us out here in this world, but it's no different than what we did in the military. I mean, you've got your unit, whether that's you as an individual or you as a company, you know, freelancer, however you've got your organization put together, your unit has adjacent units, right? You've got your supporting units, and that could be the people in your network. That could be your clients. It could be whatever kind of relationships that you've got. And we need to be able to work together the same way that, you know, like let's say you're out here and you're assaulting a position. 
you've got to be able to communicate with the, the mortars back here so that they cease fire before you run up on that pause. Otherwise, you're going to have problems. So it's the same in the business world. If we're communicating clearly and we understand the mission, right? Commander's intent. We're all familiar with that. We understand what the mission is. We're able to communicate effectively. We're going to get so much more done. Yeah. Well, I mean, going back to your original point, except when you're dealing with people who are used to solely interacting with a piece of glass and that mobile device, yes. they almost forget that there's friction in these uh, in these relationships, the the communication patterns, the nonverbals, the what I call sitting in the uncomfortable constantly. I think you referenced it a little bit earlier. I like the way you did it, but. I mean, that's quite frankly what we talk about here on Knucklehead Podcast. Not not the, hey, listen, you know what? What I did is I was able to you know, present 40 times to different 40 different private equity firms and they bought into my idea and I, I put together a really cool presentation. So therefore I got funded and I was able to hire a bunch of teams because that private equity firm has some competencies on the back end. And you know what? We're, we're going to go out and make some things happen because we've got funny money that we're playing with and hopefully we land that big logo and then we can go raise our next tranche of funding. It's like, time out for a second. You're forgetting about the fundamentals. The fundamentals of what is the goal? I think you nailed something that I think a lot of military folks do very, very well. They almost do it in their sleep. We always stop and ask ourselves, what in the hell does this have to do with commander's intent? What does this have to do with the goal? There were almost subject matter experts. There's an entire almost subculture in the military called the Lance Corporal Underground, where <laughs> their whole purpose is to like undermine whatever the commander's intent is. It's like they, they put yeah. just as much energy going against the grain as they do to actually execute the mission. So I'm saying that kind of sarcastically. But the point sure. is, is it's very similar to how the business world operates sometimes. Yeah. And I think it's important to draw that distinction. So Jeremy, yeah. what we haven't talked about is what you do now. So how you help people, what your business is, how can people find you? We always want to be able to make sure that you're able to promote yourself, your business, your yeah. clients, and, and how people can find you. Yeah. So I uh, definitely want to touch on that. But before I do, do we have a few minutes to back up? There is a thing you brought up that I want to expand on a yeah, little of bit. Of course. Cool. Of course. Go ahead. All right. So one of the things from the military that we all had is like, there's this brotherhood generally, right? Like, you know, that for the most part, if somebody you're serving together, you're going to do whatever it takes to look after that guy to your right and to your left, right? We've got each other's backs. And it doesn't even matter, like you could have had a fight 10 minutes ago, and you're still going to cover their ass. That's just the way it's going to work. When we get out of the military, we don't have those same relationships. It's not like that. Nobody's life depended on each other uh, in the civilian world, outside of certain areas, you know, things like law enforcement, firefighters, things like that. But this is why it's so important for us as, as veterans to put a lot more energy, even than we think we need to, into building the right kind of relationships, you know, getting involved with other veterans, getting involved with mastermind groups, um, you know, putting that money into that, that's an investment, right? You're investing into yourself, you're investing into these relationships. And these relationships are going to make all the difference in the world, right? It's not just, it's not just the connections, but it's having somebody that can call you out on your bullshit, somebody that is willing to look at what you're doing and, and, and tell you that, hey, no, you're like, you're, you're fucking up here. Or, you know, you've got the connection aspect, obviously, but you've also got people you can bounce ideas with. And that's why it's so critical to have these trusted relationships. So, you know, for those of you who are struggling with, you know, getting ahead, that's one of the things I definitely suggest is get out there, get involved in some kind of networking group, some kind of mastermind group and build those relationships. That's going to that's gonna make a huge difference for everybody. Yeah. So to that point, and then I want to get to what it is that you do and how people can yeah. find you. What will happen is, the guy who's willing to tell you that, hey, listen, man, you got a booger hanging out of your nose. The guy who's willing to tell you that doesn't exist 
in the corporate world. It doesn't exist almost in, in the real world. I say it doesn't exist. I mean, there's people who are going to, you know, maybe give you a heads up that something's hanging out of the side of your mouth. My point in drawing that distinction is this. There's no vested interest. A lot of people, they run this calculation as, what am I able to get out of this before I put in? And, that, and there's nothing wrong with that calculation. My encouragement, much to your point, Jeremy, is whenever you start surrounding yourself with business owners who they're kind of cut from the same cloth as you were uh, in the military, they're more likely to tell you the hard truth than the soft falsehood that the majority of the civilian world will operate in, if that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. All right. So how can people find you? Tell people what to do and how, how can people, after they get off this show, I mean, they're listening right now as they're driving, if they live in a state like Texas where they actually have opened up uh, economies right now, if they're at home and they're listening to it, how can they put the vacuum cleaner down, maybe walk over to their phone and push that piece of glass to find you? I am not difficult to find. Given my background, I pop up everywhere. If you search for my name, Jeremy Knopf, it's actually spelled incorrectly here, but K-N-A-U-F-F. I'm everywhere on social media, YouTube. Uh, I've got a column in Entrepreneur. I'm all over the place. Just look wherever you are and you will find me somewhere. Fantastic. Fantastic. So Spartan Media, is that a different way to find you or is that? Uh, uh... That's Yeah, that's another way. That's my digital marketing agency. So I've got that. I've got my own personal brand. I've got the podcast, the YouTube channel, everything else. Okay. So just real quick, when people go and they engage with, with something like Spartan Media, yeah. uh, much to your point earlier about, you know, having mastermind groups or different organizations that they can be a part of, what can they experience that's a little bit different than XYZ digital marketing agency up the road? Yeah. So, I mean, basically we're a full service agency, but one of the things we've been focusing on lately is basically taking somebody and turning them into an authority in their industry. So, you know, getting them on podcasts, getting them featured in publications, getting them their own columns so that they can get out there and demonstrate their expertise so that when they come out there and they talk to a potential client, they're able to close that deal more easily. They're able to charge a higher price. They're able to reach more people and put more value back into the world by serving more people. In your experience working with different folks, do you believe that there's a little bit of a hesitation, almost unnecessarily so, to share what folks have screwed up along the way? Or are people oh, eager to jump right in and, and tout their expertise? I think generally in the civilian side of the world, people are apprehensive to share their screw-ups. On the military side, I think we're just comfortable with that because, I mean, you're familiar with after action reports, right? You go do, you do a mission and then it's like, okay, here's what we got right. Here's what we got wrong. And we're going to dissect it in great detail because that means the difference between people living or dying. So this is something I think we're very comfortable with, but I think in general, most people are afraid to talk about their failures, afraid to talk about the challenges that they've faced and, and, and had a hard time with, but it's a critical thing to talk about, right? Because we are all human. We're all going to make mistakes. I've made my share of them. Ask my wife. She'll tell you about lots of them. I'm sure. But the reality is we're all going to make mistakes. And that's not a failure, in my opinion, as long as you're learning and growing from it. We've always drawn that distinction here at Knucklehead. And we've called it, you just hurry up and fail. You hurry up and screw <laughs> up because it's not a matter of if, it's just a matter of when. And what are you going to do when you get slapped in the face with the reality that you don't know what the hell you're doing or you're doing something for the first time? Or even if you're not doing something for the first time, you're generally working with somebody who's probably doing it for the first time. So you need to help them along the way. There's some type of resistance that you're going to experience when you're implementing, when you're ideating, or when you're trying to make some changes to help people get where they want to go. So absolutely. And if you're not facing that kind of resistance, then you're not doing things big enough. That's a good point. It's a good point. 
And that's also another uncomfortable truth, but maybe we have to come back to it at a different time. But I think that not setting goals big enough is probably one of the biggest mistakes that you can make getting out of the military. You end up being a little bit more practical in some cases than you do really dreaming and setting. I mean, it seems superficial, but quite frankly, what's wrong with setting gigantic goals? And when I say, when I say what's wrong with that, I'm talking about <laughs> if you don't have the implementation plan for whatever your goal is that stretches you, that's the justification that you need to go and get into those circles that Jeremy just referred to a little bit earlier. Yeah. Because odds are in 20 years of digital marketing, understanding that AOL is not what you know, <laughs> LinkedIn is now. So you could probably leverage a tactic that you used in 1999 that you've perfected over the course of the last 20 years to help you get to where you want to go. I'm assuming, but that's probably what I would think. Yeah, absolutely. Right. We call that don't be beta. We call that being willing to go out there and get some wins. Why? A lot of folks that are in broadcast media, specifically in the corporate media world, listen, we work with a bunch of them, but the reality is, is it's a canned, very massaged, make you feel good type of message. When in fact, that's not necessarily how humans communicate. There's emotions that we experience all the time. And one of them is failure, embarrassment, screw ups, and it's a part of life. And if you can embed that into your communication patterns, especially in the business world, we believe it's going to be a differentiator. At least that's what we've seen. Absolutely. Jeremy, anything else that you want to leave these folks with before we jam? Yeah, just, I mean, whatever it is you're trying to do, get out there. Don't be afraid to fail. If you're going to go after something big, you're going to fail. So that's just the progress of learning something. So get out there and do it and add some value to the world. All right. We appreciate that. Jeremy? For everybody else listening to Knucklehead, listen, we're brought to you by Manscaped. We referenced a little bit earlier that being in the field. <laughs> so if you're out there listening to this particular show, trust me, you need to go to manscaped.com and use the promo code Knucklehead. Your girl, your guy, whoever it is that's going to be there is going to be thankful that you did. We'll just leave it at that. And I know my kids are thankful that I use the foot spray because my boots are constantly <laughs> sticky. So that's a different topic all in itself. But uh, anyway, we appreciate you, Jeremy. Thanks for Spartan having me. Media. Jeremy Knopf with an A before the U. For those of you who don't know how to spell like myself, I'm a knuckle-dragon Marine. We appreciate you guys. Have a good rest of the day, okay? Have an awesome day, everyone. <laughs>